So let's kick off this conversation uh, about 10 signs that you can tell that you're on a date with an avoidantly attached person. I'm Dave Glazer. I'm a personal trainer, TikTok creator, and founder of Dave Glazer Coaching. After a couple of breakups in 2017, I became obsessed with understanding relationships, the way people connect, and along this journey, I've created a life and podcast dedicated to lifelong learning and exploring how we communicate with each other through modern dating, text messaging, social media, and dating apps. This podcast brings the industry's top experts in relationship, best-selling authors, speakers, and real-life daters. We discuss the struggles, the celebrations, the fears we face, and all the wonder that relationships can bring into our lives. Please subscribe to the podcast and connect with me on Instagram and TikTok to take a candid look into modern dating. On today's episode of the podcast, I wanted to open up the conversation and provide 10 signs that you are on a date with somebody who is avoidantly attached. We're going to give examples from a first date perspective. And what I want you to do while you're on first date, whether you're looking to learn a little bit more about this person, or you're looking to gather a little bit more information about some possible red flags that you've seen show up in planning the date or in getting to the actual date. Um, maybe they've been distant via text. Maybe they have been a little bit combative when it came to planning the date. Those are a couple of signs before the first date that you might actually be communicating with somebody who's avoidant. What I do want to encourage each and every one of you to do is not to create stories in your mind about who this person is before you meet them in person. If you listen to last week's episode, we talked a lot about how making assumptions can actually uh, set ourselves back, set ourselves up for failure when it comes to dating in the modern world with text messages and social media and dating apps as a way that people meet each other, connect and communicate these days. So let's kick off this conversation uh, about 10 signs that you can tell that you're on a date with an avoidantly attached person. Coming from a person who tends to lean towards the avoidant side of attachment of an attachment style, I would like to share a little bit more about my experience when it comes to dating to give you a little bit more insight in how to bring grace and compassion and patience to the dating process with an avoidantly attached person. And I do want to remind everybody that dating is a sorting process. Dating is learning more about another person to see if you want to take it to the next date or the next step in the relationship process. And this can fit into any type of an intention that you have set for dating, whether that be casual dating, a short-term relationship, something casual, uh, something physical, all the way up to long-term relationship and including marriage too. Dating is a sorting process to determine, hey, do I want to have something casual with this person? Do I want to have a short-term summer romance? Or do I want to have a long-term romantic relationship and eventually integrate our lives? So this is 10 signs to tell if you're dating an avoidantly attached person. And this information comes from Wired for Dating by Dr. Stan Katkin. If you haven't read this resource, I highly recommend it. It brings a practical approach, real life experience approach uh, to attachment styles and how they interact with one another. So if you haven't read this book yet, please do so. Wired by Dating from Dr. Stan Katkin. So a few questions that I want you to ask yourself on a first date, second date, or third date by doing body scans and check-ins with yourself. These are questions that can get us started understanding who this person is in our presence. 
not who they are when they were in the past, not who they're going to be in the future, but who they are in the present moment. These 10 questions I want to ask, I want, these 10 questions are those that I want you to ask yourself before, during, and after a date when you're present, when you're present with somebody that you are on a date with. First of all, is my date hesitant to be affectionate with me? And affection can come in a lot of different ways in this particular case. If you're walking down the street on the way to the restaurant or on the way to the coffee shop uh, or on the way to your car after the date, are they next to you? Does their arm brush up against yours? Are they a little bit flirtatious in that moment? And if they're not, if they're walking a few feet apart from you, if they're not if they're not displaying open body language, like maybe they have their arms crossed or maybe they're clutching their purse in front of them, then it's possible that they are not open and available to affection at this time. One sign of an avoidantly attached person showing up on a first, second, or third date. While you're speaking to this person on a, on a first date, are they hesitant to speak about themselves? Are they a little bit closed off? Are they a little bit hesitant to share personal details about themselves? about their past, their present. Um, if they're sticking to small talk, things like work, you can dig a little bit deeper into who they are through work context. A lot of people are um, open to small talk on a first date and they're willing to go deeper into their work life. More on that in a moment. But if they're hesitant to speak about themselves, it could mean that they're a little bit unavailable at this time. And when we talk about avoidantly attached when we talk about the avoidant attachment style, it could be a short-term response to a negative experience in a past relationship. So it, it not necessarily a permanent uh, display of an attachment style. It could be short-term as a result of something that happened recently. That's one way to get curious and to get clear on who this person is by asking about how their last relationship ended. What was it that caused the last, what was it that, here's a curious question. What was it that caused your last relationship to end? I was asked that on a first date recently, and I was actually able to open up and answer that question. How I like to phrase that is much like I've shared it here on the podcast or on social medias, my partner crossed a boundary. And during the repair phase of that uh, violation of trust and, um, and in the repair phase of that violation of trust, my feelings and emotions and experience was dismissed twice more. And when I shared that on a first date, I was actually met with empathy and understanding and relatability. The person I was on a date with reflected back to me that, wow, that sounds like it would have been really hard and I can relate a lot. So this is an opportunity to understand your date a little bit more by asking that curious question. The third sign that you're on a date with somebody avoidantly attached, does my, uh, does my date appear shy? Now, are they talking very little? Are they not volunteering very much information? And there's a difference between being shy and nervous, and there's a difference between avoiding topics altogether. Are they simply just sticking to small talk, small talk topics like work and children and hobbies and interests? And when you go deeper, do they close off or do they blush? Like there's a body response when somebody is shy they blush, their pallor, uh, their pallor changes from white to pink to reddish. I've labeled it on a first date where I'm like, hey, I noticed that your chest is getting a little bit red right now. Are you nervous? Are, are, you, are you flirting with me? Are you, and I, 
one way to sort out whether the person is shy or avoidant is to bring in a little bit of flirtation into the conversation to gauge their interest, but also to dig a little bit deeper into who they are, how they're going to respond to playfulness on the first date. I get very serious. I talk very seriously about dating. I overthink so that you don't have to. And it kind of come across in a lot of areas where I'm overly serious, where I take things very seriously. And this is one way for me to open up as an avoidantly attached person on a, on a first date is to flirt, is to get playful, is to actually intentionally approach a first date with fun. How do I have fun on a first date? Well, instead of just coffee, maybe I plan top golf. That's one particular example of how I can um, stop repeating the pattern of an avoidantly attached person. But also, if I'm on a date with somebody who appears shy or avoidantly attached, this is one way that I can get them to open up a little bit, is to be playful and flirtatious and have fun, right? So sign number four that you may be on a date with an avoidantly attached person is, does my date often like to do things alone and never seem to feel lonely? Now, I want to spend some time on this particular question because there's a difference between being comfortable alone in solitude, and there's a difference between that and isolation. Well, in isolation, oftentimes people are numbing the emotions that are showing up for them, like loneliness. Well, are they watching excessive amounts of TV? Are they numbing out with alcohol? Are they numbing out with marijuana? What about their life experience can we kind of be a detective about on a first date, second date, third date without necessarily crossing any boundaries. This is one way to learn more about an, an avoidantly attached person is to dig deeper, get curious, but be very patient and uh, in a slow startup manner on a date. If you, get a, if you get to be prying or if you get to be a little bit too personal on a first date with an avoidantly attached person, they will shut down. They might show some... Uh, responses or reactions like defensiveness or uh, contempt or criticism. Criticism might actually show up um, on a first date with an avoidantly attached person where they may flip it back to pointing out one of your flaws. And that's what I want to discuss about, do they like to do things alone or do they seem to feel and never seem to feel lonely? Now, I have a, an amazing weekend plan coming up. I'm going to take my stand-up paddleboard to Evergreen Lake. That's me enjoying my time alone in solitude in nature. That's different than just um, that's just different than sitting in my apartment, wallowing in my own stuff, ruminating in my own brain. While those two behaviors are numbing out the real emotions that are showing up for me as an avoidantly attached person, which is loneliness, which is sadness, which is hurt, which is pain. And I hope that that clears up a little bit different, a little bit of the difference between doing things alone and never seeming to, or, or intentionally avoiding contact with other people. So reason, uh, sign number five that you may be on a date with an avoidantly attached person. Does my date take good care of themselves? When we are moving towards secure attachment, we tend to have better hygiene. We better have. We tend to have better self-care behaviors, like daily showering or uh, trips to the gym or a hobby or a passion that seems to be active. Uh, when we are avoiding self-care, as an avoidantly attached person tends to do, then we're not going to have 
like the well-kept hair or a trimmed beard. Like, like I take uh, taking pride in your personal appearance on a date is very important for first impressions. Yes. But also self-care helps us move towards earned security in a relationship too. It's one thing that we don't talk about very often in the context of attachment theory and attachment styles is that self-care is important for both the anxious. We talk about self-soothing with the anxiously attached style, but it's also important for the avoidantly attached style, because if we start to go to sleep on ourselves as an avoidantly attached person, oftentimes self-care is one of those things that goes away, that becomes um, unconscious and we step back from. So sign number six, that your date may be avoidantly attached. Ask this question of yourself. Does my date think of his or her needs before my own? And this is what I was referring to about being slightly combative about planning the actual date. Do they always want you to come to their neighborhood or their home or spend time with their friends? These are early signs, early opportunities to look at red flags in the, in the partnership or in the dating experience of like, is it always, always, always about them and their needs? Well, what about my needs? Well, I had a friend, I had a friend group meeting up the other day to celebrate somebody's birthday. And I invited my partner along and they didn't want to come. They were combative. They were defensive when it came to planning that night out and they chose their own needs over mine. Now, this is not exclusive to attachment styles and attachment theory and the polarity that comes between anxious and avoidantly attached people. This is just relationship uh, red flag talk in general. If your partner or date is putting all of their own needs before you, well, then I would definitely ask yourself this question. Take a step back and think about your dating experience objectively in this particular case. As it comes to, uh, as it does pertain to attachment styles and attachment theory, asking yourself, can this person meet my needs? It's a very good question of like, okay, is this a red flag or is this just me bringing my stuff into the relationship? So great place to come from when it comes to understanding what securely attached a partnership looks like and feels like in your body. Now, numbers, the seventh sign, the seventh sign to determine if somebody is, uh, tends to be avoidantly attached is does my date, does my date tend to worry or be anxious? Now, this is a challenging one. When I read this in Wired for Dating, I actually uh, started to um, kind of question this a little bit. And then I've, I've, I look back into my dating history and my dating experience, and I look at my first few dates as an avoidantly attached person, and I do have anxiety that shows up on a first date of like, well, do they like me? Did I show enough of myself in order to uh, connect with this person? Because I'm self-aware and because I know that that's my tendency, I have anxiety that shows up for me around how do I show up on a first date? And this is a tendency of the avoidantly attached person is um, pulling away because they don't believe in themselves. They don't have the confidence that they can actually succeed in a relationship. And this is what uh, helped me grow a little bit more in identifying a tendency of my own avoidantly attached, uh, my, my own avoidant attachment style and how it shows up on a date early on in a relationship. Do I worry about how I show up? Am I anxious about how I'm going to show up in front of others? Do I worry or am I anxious about how successful I can be in this relationship because I tend to avoid intimacy, conflict, et cetera? 
moving forward, speaking of conflict, sign number eight that you may be on a date with somebody who's avoidantly attached. Does my date avoid conflicts? Now, you might actually think that that's an anxiously attached tendency, and it is. Uh, People-pleasing tends to be an anxious attachment style uh, behavior, as well as avoiding conflicts in general is, is one way to tell if somebody is avoidantly attached. Do they avoid difficult conversations in general? Do they actually pull away physically when conflict arises? Do they walk out of the room? If you follow me on TikTok, you would have seen a video I posted that has almost 800,000 views on it about the dismissive avoidant walking out of a cohabitating experience when the anxious tends to push, right? Like it started around the dishes and then the avoidant person went to work. Okay, well, I'm going to sit in my laptop and kind of avoid you asking me to do the dishes. And then the anxiously attached person comes over and starts to confront the dismissive avoidant. And then it, it escalates from there because the anxious attached, anxiously attached person's needs aren't getting met of just be supportive, just be helpful in the kitchen after a meal. And the dismissive avoidant is like, "Mm, I'm going to withdraw. And I'm going to walk away, I'm going to grab my golf bag, and I'm going to go play with the boys. You know, that was a video that really impacted a lot of people's um, emotions around relationship. And I, I was, I was absolutely encouraged by the conversations that started as a result of that video. So if you haven't checked it out yet, go follow me on TikTok at Dave.Glazer. So that's one way that an avoidance shows up in conflict avoidance. I can relate so much to that question. And I have to ask myself that, am I avoiding this conflict right now? Is this my attachment style showing up? Is this to the detriment of a relationship in the beginning? How do I, how do I combat that as an avoidantly attached person? I lean in. I lean into intimacy. I lean into conflict. And if we're thinking of the Enneagram and the challenger personality type, I love conflict. I actually find it deeply connecting as an Enneagram 8 when I'm integrated or when I'm in, in my average health phase. But if I'm in my disintegrated self, I will avoid it or I will blow it up. I will make it as extreme of a conflict as possible so that this doesn't come up again. Well, that's a tendency of the avoidantly attached person as well. So that's sign number eight that you are dating somebody avoidant. Number nine, does my date express positive feelings and deny negative ones? Are they denying their shadow? That's what this question is asking about. Are they denying their reality of what is positive? Yes, it's great to acknowledge what is positive in our lives. Um, Toxic positivity positivity comes into this conversation, but not so much with the uh, the avoidantly attached person. However, are they glossing over the negative feelings and experiences in their life with positivity? It's it's an act of denial. It's an act of self-sabotage to show up in just positive all the time and deny your negative experience or feelings or opinions or thoughts, right? Now we're getting into the depths of it, right? If we're on a date with somebody and they are enthusiastic, if they're positive, if they're happy to be there, that's one thing. That's first date behavior. We're putting our best foot forward, right? If it goes on and on and on and they never speak to their negative um, negative experiences or negative feelings, well, then we might be facing somebody who's avoiding reality. 
And as a compassionate, supportive partner, we can ask curious questions. We can dig deeper into where that's coming from. Hey, do you need to speak to somebody maybe outside of our relationship about what's coming up for you at work? I feel you unhappy. I feel you anxious. I feel you um, numbing out with TV and alcohol and food. Is there support that I can give you right now so that we can not necessarily gloss over the negative experiences in our lives? How can I support you right now? That's one way to get curious about um, how somebody brings toxic positivity into a relationship or into a dating experience. And then finally, let's round out today's conversation with sign number 10 that you're dating somebody avoidant. Is my date a low maintenance, do it myself person? Now, I was listening to a podcast recently, and her pitch was about her book. And her uh, subheading tagline on the book was, Are you looking for a drama free relationship? And that struck me as really odd coming from a, a counselor or a therapist or somebody um, who is in the coaching space around relationships is no relationship will ever be drama free. And if we are out there pursuing maybe online dating, we're pursuing online profiles that say drama free, I'm looking for no drama, no drama, no baby mama drama, no ex drama, etc. Well, that's not living in reality whatsoever. John Kim, the angry therapist, says that there's no such thing as a low-maintenance person. And if you feel as if you're a low-maintenance person, what are you denying about yourself and your own reality there? I'm not low-maintenance. I'm a fucking handful. It's very confronting to date me. Ask my past partners. <laughs> and as an avoidantly attached person, I do realize that I'm a do-it-myself person. I want to reference the Enneagram again. The challenger personality type is like, oh, not that way. Don't do it that way. I'll just do it myself. Well, when you combine that tendency with an avoidantly attached person's tendency, well, now we're getting a double negative, right? Yes. We're going to reference back to, does my date often like to do things alone and never seems to feel lonely? And we're going to combine it with, is my date low maintenance and do it myself per type of a person? There are house projects. I'm supposed to, supposed to hang up some bathroom shelves right now not right now, maybe after work today, but I just got them in the mail. And that's a project that if I'm in a partnership, if I'm cohabitating with somebody, I would love some help with, I would love some support with, hey, just hold this right here while I drill it into the drywall. However, that's me leaning into the relationship and the intimacy that's been built between two people. I'm not going to find a project in my house and do it myself, like escaping to the garage to work on the car. That might be a tendency of an avoidantly attached person, or I'm going to go in my workshop and just listen to listen to sports talk radio for two hours while my partner is fuming on the couch. And how do we determine if this is somebody that we're experiencing on a first or a second date earlier on than when it's in a partnership or a relationship? Well, do they go with the flow just 100% of the time? That low maintenance behavior of like, mm, I don't really care where we meet. You know, it's the opposite of being combative about planning a first date. We're like, I'm not leaning into this opportunity to meet somebody new by actually letting somebody else do all the planning. And I'm just going along for the ride as an avoidantly attached person. That way I can keep an intimate distance from somebody who wants to get close to me. And that in turn makes me feel safe as an avoidantly attached person. 
So I hope that this episode was, uh, was really helpful when it comes to identifying signs early on of an avoidantly attached person. I would highly recommend picking up Wired for Dating by Dr. Stan Patkin and tuning into next week's episode where I'm going to cover 10 signs of an anxiously attached person on a first, second, or a third date. So stay tuned for this mini series on how to tell if you're dating an avoidant, attached, anxious, or securely attached person, because we definitely need to spend time on a securely attached partner since 50% of the population is securely attached. So I hope you enjoyed this uh, conversation today. If you found value in today's episode, please share it with one person that you may actually, that may actually gain value from it as well. And if you're looking for a little bit more support in your relationship, in your love life, in your dating experience, connect with me uh, at daveglazer.com to try out our small group, private elite level group coaching program free for one week. We talk about the Enneagram, we talk about attachment styles, we talk about love languages, and we talk about relationship programming that shows up for us in the modern era of dating with text messages and social media and dating apps as a way that people connect and communicate these days. So again, head on over to daveglazer.com to try out a free week of our group coaching program now. Please connect with me on Instagram at daveglazer underscore CS, CS, or on TikTok at dave.glazer. As always, please subscribe to the uh, podcast and leave me a five-star rating and review, written review, so that I know that I'm uh, touching on topics that you want to hear more about. It also helps us get into more ears of listeners through the podcast platforms on Spotify, iTunes, and YouTube. Until next week, this is Dave Glazer in Denver, Colorado, wishing you health and happiness wherever you're at in the world. Talk to you soon.